This is the Take Your Meds podcast, your safe space to explore how you can brighten up your life from the inside out. We're diving deep into the different medicine millennials take to turn their light on. Season one gives some insights into how you can navigate your quarter life crisis and find the confidence to be your authentic self. On this episode, I sit down with my good friends, Kelsey and Malu, and we dive deep into friendship. Listen in to hear how connection turns into medicine. Kia ora and welcome, Malu and Kelsey. Hello. Very Hello. first podcast episode of Take Your Meds. Take it. <laughs> I just went really sexual. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's three o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> Sunday. Uh, Sunday. Lord's Day, Josie. Sunday. Oh, no, by this day. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> All right, we, we can do this. Come on, we can do this. All right, so. How are we? We're good. We're nice. I just ate a lot, so <laughs> real happy. I uh, and I'm really, really good. I feel like my my wider cup is being filled like Ooh. extra today. Ooh. Yeah, mm. Love good that. articulation for that. Mm. And what's alive for you at the moment? Mm. I'm really thankful that I can say my mind, but at the same time, the person behind the mind as well which is me. Wow. And was there a time that you couldn't? 100%. I think there was a time that made me feel like I was only my mind and my mind was the only thing that I could rely on. Mm. And that's, the, yeah, that was, that was, it's a massive journey, but. Mm. Mm. That's some tea. We'll dive in. Yes. What's alive for you, Kelsey? Um, I kind of feel like I'm backing myself for the first time ever. <gasps> Oh. At the moment, with these changes that are going on, amazing. What are the changes? Um, so I'm leaving my full time corporateish job for um sixteen hours a week at a organisation that I hundred percent agree. Oh, not agree, but like hundred percent want to support with mahi. Um, and developing my own mahi as well. Amazing. It takes so much courage. Aye. Amazing. I'm shitting myself. <laughs> Stretch sound. But it's going to be great. And I just had a small epiphany before of if I try and fill the rest of my available time over the next couple of months with another part-time job somewhere else that I'm substituting my current employment for another one, mm. just in a different environment and not actually investing into myself, which is which this whole change is all about. Powerful. Mm. That's good. So good. Yeah. Well, thank you both for being here today. It's like the very first episode. <laughs> and we're going from concept to this dimension. And there's something really powerful about like dreaming big and taking action. So I just want to honor the both of you and say thank you for building that bridge between the dream and the reality today with mm, me. Beautiful. Thanks for letting us be part of it too. Aye, aye. We're so excited for you. <sighs> thank you. So Take Your Meds is really a deep dive into 
what it takes to turn your light on. So many millennials I've spoken to hit a quarter life crisis and just feel like they don't really know who they are, where they're going, what their purpose is, um, who they are, what their essence is, why they're here, you know, all those big questions. And so I wanted to create a space where we could sit down and talk about what it means to turn your light on, Mm. find yourself and enable your uniqueness to manifest, but also to really unpack what the medicine has been that supported you to do that. And I want to get really like nitty gritty with the medicine and hear like what it looks like and sounds like for you so that if you're listening, you can pick it up and try it on Mm. and see if it feels good and right for you. So I want to ask, when did you turn your light on? How did you turn your light on? And what was your medicine to find your authentic self? Mm. And I want to start with you, Malu. For Aksha, um, yeah, I feel like for me, um, turning my light on kind of looks like just understanding my limitless potential. And that's something that it's hard to craft. When I first started doing the inner work in that space and the inner work is basically reflecting on how I am either adding value to that space or devaluing myself to be in that space so to me I feel like compromise is something that because I'm I come from a minority culture or a minority worldview I compromise on a daily Mm. so me switching my light on is actually showing my showing up as myself showing up as my full self and showing up as my unapologetically authentic self and that's what I loved when I heard um, that take your meds is about being unapologetic I'm like yes this is me I align with that Um, and then at the same time if, if in terms of the recipe for all the different ways that I was able to turn my light on like I genuinely thank all the people in my journey from from start to people the people who wiped my ass as a, like in the diapers <laughs> to the people who fed me food as a kid and food in different like various different facets like mm. not just food in, in, in a in its traditional form so for me food for the soul the mind um, the heart I think we don't talk about food for the heart because mm. I feel like food for the, for the heart is not tangible mm. and that's something that I'm like when people receive you as you are, that to me is food for the heart. I'm like, it might not add value to my actual physical heart, but I'm like, um, I could I, I could really feel safe in this space if you just receive me as I am. Wow. So it's been about people on your journey really seeing you for who you are and loving you in that space. Mm. That has enabled you to think about how you get to shine brighter and really tune inward mm. to the gifts that you have to bring into the world. Mm, 100%. And also understanding that my gifts are aligned to all the ancestors that make up my genetics. Good. You know, so for me, if I need to 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 create some like some space and evoke some space and I don't have the confidence because you know, of all the discourse and all the disarray that that tells me that I'm not good enough or that I'm not enough, mm. I channel my grandma she really comes through all the time and I've, I feel her power when whenever she, when, when I tap into her and I'm like, Grandma, I, I don't feel confident today. Grandma, mm. I'm not, I'm feeling like I need you right now. Mm. And I'm like, she taught me everything that I could see, but at the same time, 
she taught me that I could do that as well. Yeah, I know you've you've talked about it. If you spot it, you got it. And I'm like, she taught she taught me so much about commanding a, a room, a space, but not from an ego um, um, playing field, but more of just saying, hey, if you want to manifest your own realities and create your own realities, you need to command that. You need to, you know, evoke that out of people and out of yourself. So for me, I'm like, look no further. If you need that support, if you need that comfort and, you might not have a grandmother, but you might have another power source in your in your repertoire of intelligence. Ooh. You know, so to me, it, that's the part where I'm like, I'm not even I don't even feel ego when I say I feel the most powerful that I that I do today. Wow! And that's because of the intelligence of my community, mm. and my community is being stretched all the time. I remember um, my basketball coach just really being like, "Look, the difference between you and next year is the work that you're gonna do," and I'm like. <laughs> Too hard basket. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> like, <"Let's laughs> yeah. But in my head, I'm like, uh, like I've held that for so long because in a way I just like, I, I feel like maybe I'm really privileged and lucky that I am able to observe people's um, feedback for me as something that's, that's adding value to me in 2021. Mm. So in 2021, I'm able to reflect on that. Because mm. of the work that you've done, right? Can you pinpoint a time where you felt like you had the permission to be yourself? Was there a moment? No, I wouldn't say that there was one particular moment. I think there's multiple moments. Mm. So for me, I think there's multiple moments that allow you to see yourself in a different shade. So for me, when I say I turn my light on, I turn my light on on multiple to- like multiple times in my life, multiple times a day Ooh. and multiple times. Because um, in a way, it's like, I feel like it's an ongoing journey. And if you put a lineal time to it, it makes you feel like, okay, I'm, I've arrived. Mm. And I'm like, turning the switch on for me is something that I've, 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 I'm, I'm continuously stretching my own capacity to think about being switched on. Mm. But right now in my intelligence so far, I feel like I show up for myself. And the way that I show up for myself is by turning on the light to say, hey, you know, you need this, this and this. But to further your question, I think, there were so many times that that I had to actually put myself in uncomfortable spaces so that yeah. I can recognize that I need to switch on my light here. Ooh, okay. What did it uncom- What's some uncomfortable spaces that you've put yourself in? Um, um male, 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 a room full of males. Mm. A room full of males, and that made me hella uncomfortable because I didn't know how to relate to any of them. And I actually learned. So, this was one of the one of my tools. Was I went and um, bought a car magazine from my from. Well, I didn't buy it. I actually stole it from my my, my brother's room. And I I read the read car magazines to try and relate to boys more because I thought that that's mm-hmm. how that's how they could that that's how well that was my assumption of how I could relate to boys was to talk about cars and girls, and wow. it was yeah high school very naive, yeah. but. Um, it was really funny because the more that I started talking to them was the more that I realized they were asking me about how I made friends with girls. <laughs> and I'm like, you had the tea yeah. <laughs> in my head. I'm like, wait, you, you want my skill. <laughs> you think I'm cool for my skill? Awkward. I don't even think I'm cool for my skill. And how did you, like, what gifts did you get to harvest from those experiences then that supported you to give yourself that permission slip to be you then? Mm. Um, to me, I think I, I give it up to the fact that, I, you know, I went through a struggle time of actually losing myself mm. and losing myself to the spaces and losing myself to the to the masses to understand that actually 
everyone else already does that. And I, I, I can't fulfill that if everyone else is already doing that. And if I'm doing that as well as everybody else, there's no one with diverse thoughts or there's no one with a, a different way of looking at things. And it's not to challenge. I think when I started this journey, I wanted to challenge mm, and I was angry. Yeah, yeah. I was angry that, that my thoughts weren't being like uplifted or supported. And I think right now, I'm even having conversation with my critical religious views because I understand that religion even gave played a massive part in, in showing me how to love myself and love others. So there was a there was an element of religion that really gifted gifted me the grace and the compassion to see other people from a different light. And even though, you know, the whole focado behind um, a lot of religious Bibles and all of those things, those are all true. But at the same time, my lived experience with religion in between 2000 till now, my lived experiences don't speak of that. You know, so in my head, I'm like, who am I going to perpetuate and who am I actually going to allow in to, 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 to shine my light and to shine the lights to others if I keep on perpetuating a narrative of history that... Mm-hmm that I just feel like I don't see. And I, I'm like, wow. this. okay, maybe that's my problem or maybe that's a conversation that I need to have deeper with people that think alike. But at the same time, I need to, I recognize that I need to move away from trying to find this utopian worldview that if Christianity was dead, that the world would be better. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I missed out on the opportunities that I was gifted when I looked at that. So that's, yeah. that's a massive reflection that I've, I'm still going through. It just blows my mind, like, your level of self-awareness. I really want to dive into that a little bit because I just feel like a lot of people don't realise, and me, myself, I certainly have run a lot of my life in this subconscious autopilot frame of mind, just kind of going through the motions because it's probably something I didn't know how to do. I was a lot in my feelings and my emotions rather than being able to kind of take a step back Mm. and just observe and go, oh, that's interesting. I am not my thoughts. I am not my feelings. And I can observe them because, like, you can say that to yourself, Mm. (laughs) which means you're not those things. So, (laughs) yeah. But what has cultivating self-awareness looked like and sounded like for you in all of this? Mm. Well, religion taught you, taught me that I could pray to somebody and they would give me the strength. And I think self-awareness is realising that that somebody is you. Ooh. You know, you can pray to yourself to gift yourself the powers that you need to get you out of the pits or to get you out of the... Um, and that's, I feel like, I, I, that's why I, say, I said I had to really grasp on the fact that I could pray to somebody and mm-hmm. they would give me the comfort that, that I would be healed or that I, w- I would be forgiven or that I would be saved of sorts. Mm. And just having that, like, that shift of mind has that, that's happened within probably the last five to six years is that... I realized that, you know, this, 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 this person, this God or this Jesus or this person that exists, um, that I've been praying to for so long, um, that, that is me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm the God, but I'm saying we're all gods, you know, and in a way that Mm. if we start to actually start believing in our, in ourselves and our gifts and, and the ways that we are able to create and recreate and share and reshare, I feel like that, that changes the whole narrative because, you know, we're, we're, we're future ancestors, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, that changes the whole focado on why I exist, because mm-hmm. I feel like that's the part that I'm really, I'm really leaning on to, because I'm like, that's something that I can see that could change the world in, in, in a way that would 
comfort the inner child that I that that of like that I that I really I really am still having conversations with. Powerful. That's so profound. I feel like the inner child concept is one that I've only become a bit more familiar with in the last maybe year or two. Mm. Do you know much about the inner child concept? I've heard little bits about it, but I've never really dived into it myself. Yeah. You've obviously dived into it. Yeah, well... What does it mean for you? It's, I guess because we... For me, time is, time is where the inner child comes in for me. Because the inner child is is so vulnerable and so so loving and so naive and so ignorant and so powerful mm-hmm. and i think we don't gift children that that they're so powerful and it's it's so shocking when when we don't support them through the trans the transition of ignorance or the transition of awakening you know, we don't support children in that, and we also don't support adults in that. Mm. And because I think that's a conversation that's kind of like, oh well, you're still le- you're still alive, you're still breathing, everything's fine, or you've got your basic necessities, you're fine. Um, we as adults still hold that yeah. that inner child, and I'm like, it doesn't serve you at all in the now to operate as a child and have your fakar or you know, because we were disturbed as children when we weren't afid through the ignorance. Totally. And that disturbance. Oh, how do you see, hear, and love your inner child? It's honestly, it's because I really like. For me, I, I'm I'm really blessed that my transition was not a violent transition, and it wasn't as traumatic. Or I don't see that as traumatic anymore um, than it than it used to be. I think there was a time when I used to reflect and I used to cry a lot. Like mm. I, 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 like within lockdown last year, I, like I speak crying fluently, and I, I'm mm. proud to do that because I feel like it's, a, it's a release of sorts. Totally. Um, but to understand that that child was happy, that child was joyful, that child was free, that child did not give a fuck about all of these structures, and that child had to learn all of that. You know, and I feel wow. like understanding that that child had to learn all of that is also giving the grace that every other child had to learn that. Wow. Wow. So my current... I'm letting that land. Sorry. Just... <laughs> <laughs> That's simmering. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but the emotional literacy that you have to be able to name those emotions and give yourself permission to express them and feel them rather than block and suppress them has meant that you've been able to come into a more authentic expression mm. of yourself because you're you've got that permission slip it's not making it bad or wrong it's like okay I, i'm going to embrace this healing journey that i need to go on with my inner child mm. and that's that's something that like for me i know it might sound really really vague and all of the, and it might be unsolicited advice for other people but that was free mm. there was no cost to that but at the same time, I know that my privileges of my journey gifted mm. me that. So yeah. that's something that I will disclaimer. Yeah. Um, but to me, there was no cost to that. And I feel like because I'm aware of that right now, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how I can amplify that. Or I'm yes. trying to figure out how I can actually, because I think, yeah, the savior complex for me is something that I was really, I'm still battling with because I'm yeah. like, I obviously inherited this from the Bible because, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're looking to a savior. And then I also look at it from 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 the aspects of, you know, the different adults in my life. Mm-hmm. I could see that they were trying to save themselves. 
Yes. In a lot of different situations. Yep. And I, I've, I've noticed that from a child and I didn't know how to, mm. I didn't know how to tell my, 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 my adult figures around me. Yep. And I feel like that's why I kind of missed my grandmother the most and my, cause she was kind of, I was her parrot, but I feel like she would actually entertain that I was intelligent. And that's why for me, a lot of people come to me and say, why is your classes so different? Or people ask me, why do you facilitate? And I'm like, because I just entertain that everyone's intelligent. And if mm. we just entertain that everyone's intelligent, their path or their purpose or their journey is teaching us how we can support them and support the wider communities. Because um, my current mantra is I am, I can, and I will. Mm. And therefore we are, we can, and we will. In, out. Mm. Mm. have to but we go in before we go out have to yeah that's really profound that's huge i'm just really lit it like i just feel like there's so many golden nuggets coming through right now and i'm just like i just need to put this on simmer and really have a bath in it because there is so <laughs> much wisdom and i feel like what you're dancing around in terms of this this concept of medicine you know like what has been medicine for you in your journey of turning a light on your lived experience it's your experience and it's your ability to be able to be aware of those pivotal moments in your experience that have created some kind of shift and change in you rightly or wrongly you know good or bad but you've actually created a reflective practice to look at those things. And you say that it's free and it, and it is in a monetary sense, mm. but there is an emotional labor that goes into confronting trauma and triggers. And it's certainly much easier to actually put that in a box over there and keep looking mm. over here and putting band-aids on the impact of the box rippling out into your life. But instead you're choosing to face those things head on in pursuit of the actualization of those possibilities and potential that you talk about in what it means to live an authentic life. And that's really powerful. And I feel like it's something that a lot of young adults struggle with of like, how do I actually sit with and be what I know is causing ripples in my mm, life. Mm. Instead, I'm going to mindlessly scroll on social media. I'm going to drink. I'm going to work too much. Escapism. I'm going to escape to the next fucking thing because I can't be with what I'm feeling for too long because it brings up everything. So I know you say it's free, monetary, mm. but there is an exchange going yeah. on there and there's Go some there. courage, you know. I'm just curious to understand what the practice looks like to sit and be with some of that stuff. I remember there was a time, probably not even two years ago, where I could not be with myself. I hated my own company. I could not sit still without any other distraction. I needed to consistently, constantly be doing something mm. with somebody or I would like lose my shit. And I would, I would um, dismiss it with, oh, I'm an active relaxer. No, sweetie you're suppressing your trauma and you're not addressing things head on. And so just little by little, I learned to sit down and journal, even if it was one sentence in a journal, just like how am I feeling and then writing it down or something or just like witnessing mm. what's going on in my head. How am I feeling? Just witnessing, not judging, not making up a story, just being aware of, oh, why am I feeling like this? Oh, that's interesting. And then, you know, like baby steps, right? And now yeah. I'm like, Let's do the work. Let's go into the shadows, you know. <laughs> um, but what does that look like for you? For me, I feel like music has definitely been something that I've um, 
I've really leaned on because I feel like the vibration and the frequency that that music uh, allows you to do. So if you don't know about um, frequency and listening to different music. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming through (laughs) the power chakra. The, the vocal chakra is like, um, you need to start singing or you need to do something else with your voice, Joe. No, but music. Yeah. I, I, I started listening to different frequency um, music um, and on YouTube probably two years ago. And I just, it's really changed my mood level so when i whenever i know that you know it might be super weird at the beginning because for the like the first time when i started listening to frequency music i'm like oh hell yeah what's this what shit? the fuck is this <laughs> and and it took me a while before i realized that my mood my whole mood would change when i listen to different frequency music so if you look for binaural beats on youtube yes they've got different frequencies and different um eight hertz that 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 allow your body to shift in different ways because wow. you imagine that your body's like probably se- well i don't know what the actual figures are but it's 70 to 80 percent water so if water moves to sound and vibrations yes and your body's like vibrating so to me i'm like that that's that to me made sense like i'm like i don't know whose focado that was to begin with but when i was landed with that it was a gift to me because yeah. i like it, it came to me at a time when i really didn't know how to pause i did like and i still i still am struggling on how to pause as well Mm. and it's on like it's a continuous conversation of okay i really need to take some time to just pause Mm. but also to add to that is that i've really started taking accountability for my own actions like i know that people don't talk about this and or people kind of walk over this Mm -hmm. but it's really a different story and it's a real like for me it's it's been really confronting but at the same time, really rewarding that I acknowledge that my voice and my tone added to the conversation. I acknowledge that my body language was gifting off some sort of essence that wasn't aligned with my my words and my and what I was trying to evoke in that space. And then also just my body being there could also be a an, a, a, a hindrance to that situation. And and I. I really am so thankful that I have a partner that actually allows me to reflect on that because, you know, my partner doesn't talk out loud, but his the way that he talks to me through the way he moves and the way that he acts around me is so revealing that I'm 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 trying to take up space or I'm trying to evoke emotions that don't actually belong there. That's and that's some powerful inside. Yeah, that's me. That's not him. That's me trying to trying to make something out of nothing, you know, or make something that doesn't actually belong there, but I'm trying to manipulate, and that's what it is. I'm manipulating what I want instead yeah. of manifesting what I want. Ooh, holy shit. <laughs> I just got I gotta go and have a bath. Full <laughs> simmering. That is fucking power. Have you done any shadow work? Not yet. And Not remember yet. I told yeah. you. <laughs> So I had this vacaro like of being like, you know what? I'm gonna do shadow work within a month. I'm gonna. (laughs) So when I went and told um, Gemma this, um, Gemma literally looked at me and was like, "Nice, sweetie." (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't work like that. I think you. We both. Good luck. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. See you in thirty days. (laughs) So. Um, no, it's yeah, powerful. It didn't, it, but that awareness, though, without actually diving into that as a concept, I think is really fascinating. And I'm sure that we'll dive into shadow work as a concept on another podcast mm. episode. So tune in. Um, 
But yeah, I I'm really interested in understanding more in that personal responsibility and accountability space. That's something that's been really alive for me. And that's why I brought up shadow work was just like, it's so, so easy to go and sit below the line. I don't know if you know the above the line, below the line mm-hmm. concept of just like moving into that blame, anger, judgment, victim, you know, but what I realized is that I'm the only one that is suffering because of that. Mm. Like, I, it's easy for me to point the finger and blame somebody else. Mm. Absolutely. I could do that. But what energy is that evoking within me? And how mm. does that empower me on my journey of falling into alignment with my highest truth and higher self? You know? And so it's like, okay, how can I not buy? I absolutely do not want to bypass any emotions or um, I definitely never want to keep somebody in a space that's intimate with me um, because I'm wanting to not sit below the line. I, I definitely still do feel that it's important we create boundaries around people and circumstances that are causing harm to us and that we think about, you know, what is this teaching me? How can I grow from this? Mm. And what will I do with this experience that will empower me to move towards that authentic self? But it's just really powerful to hear you talk about responsibility and accountability in that space and just like wondered what that experience was like for you. Like what does it mean to be responsible and accountable personally, knowing that the context is that there actually are structures that are oppressing. What does that mean for you? Um, so thank you. That's such a massive um question as well and I think I'm still continuously having conversations about that but for me what really helped as a as a, as a as a vehicle to understanding my personal responsibility is understanding that the realities are like there's a duality and then there's a multiality and I think the duality is so like we, we know I think we're taught what the duality is but we're not taught about the multialities that exist and I think the multialities are actually, that's the part where we kind of start to entertain the different, you know, the, the house of mirrors around you, mm. you know? And it's like, okay, if, 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 if you think you were right and you thought that you were, you were, you felt oppressed or you felt judged in that space, what were the other angles of that multiality looking like? Interesting. And yeah. that when, when, when I started centering the conversations around, the different angles around me and instead of just talking about me myself and I that's when I feel like start I started to see juices because I started to see my partner react to me differently I started to see conversations with people that I loved react to me differently and then I also started to see myself welcome the the uncomfort the uncomfortable zone and that's mm. the part where I really felt like okay this might be a good thing even though it was ha- like at the beginning so I think what I'm what I'm not talking about here and the conversations that I'm not articulating is the fact that I've hurt so many people in this process. I've hurt myself first though. Mm. So I feel like that's the part that when you hurt other people, you hurt yourself first. And that's the part that I feel like I skipped over. I just jumped I just jumped over the fact that I'm like this. I'm like when I tell someone to, you know, to F off or fuck you, all of those things, I'm like, you disrespect yourself by letting yourself get in, getting there first. And then you're just not actually supporting where that goes and you just allow that to just swim freely for somebody else who doesn't who might not have the the right tools to support that mm. would you ever say that that is a reflection of what you would say to yourself 
Yeah. 100%. If you got that awareness internally and like really was yeah. observing, it's like, is that how I treat myself? So if awkward, I'm to right? Treat someone like that, you know? And yeah. when we think about all the different ways that you do that to yourself, in my head, I'm like, oh. Mm, it's not, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's it's disheartening, but I, I feel truth, like yeah. I haven't I haven't dived into the deep end on that side because it's like for well, you're me pretty deep everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you still got to be able to come up for air. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's sad because we do, well for me, I I just know that people are at different levels of trying to have deep water conversations, and there isn't like I think there's a massive need yeah. for it. Yeah. And time and grace and grace. enjoy and love. Because I feel like. Yes. <sighs> and because life is fucking fun. It, it, well, I, I have fun. I can't really speak for everyone else. I'm like, how can I find joy in today? How is today going to be a good day? How is it? So that I can find evidence to support that that's my truth. You know? Like. Uh, if I'm waking up and I'm like, it's hard, everything's hard, I don't feel good, the, ha, you know, everything bad always happens to me, you know, like, I literally have a day where that is the truth. And this isn't always the case. Mm, mm. There's definitely days I would say that my neurodiversity is very alive. <laughs> and that doesn't matter what strategy I try, it won't make sense. But the work that's done on the days where I don't feel that neurodiversity is strong means that on a day I am experiencing that distress, I'm not going to go as low, you mm. know, I'm not going to go as heavy as what I would if I hadn't been doing the work on the other days. So I just want to offer you and say, like, I so appreciate the depths that you go to because, like, your ability to heal yourself is a direct, like, correlation to your ability to be of healing and of service in the world. And you're willing to go there, you know, and it's really powerful. And I just, I love that about you. I love that you go there into the depths. <laughs> and I'm like, more deep. And yeah. you're like, yeah. <laughs> what? You're like, what? No, too deep. No. <laughs> the limit does not exist. <laughs> yeah, the limit does not exist. No, it's so powerful. Um, and I want to switch gears and bring yes. you to this conversation. Kelsey, <laughs> um, what's come up for you in this conversation? What have you noticed? That we have a lot of similarities with like Joseph and I. And I am aware that sometimes people put that down to spending a lot of time together. But I, and I think you, Joseph, jump in if I'm wrong. Um, that's a lot of the reason why we have become, we became friends so quickly yeah. and so deeply so fast is because we, we were able to connect on those similarities coming from very different lived experiences, like horrendously different living experiences, mm. but same kind of situation, just in a different context. Mm. And how would you describe those similarities? Like what are the three biggest things that you notice and see reflected? <laughs> You're taking notes, Joe. <laughs> Joe, what do you think like one of them is? Because I, I definitely have my thoughts, but I'm curious what yours are. Wow, she's trying to. She's yeah. fishing here. She's I, fishing. I'm seeing. I'm yeah. seeing. <laughs> no, I think um, we both have this need to feel safe, mm. and I think because we both have this need to feel safe, when we're next to each other, we like kind of create it for each other, yeah. mm -hmm. and that's something that, that I'm like, 
I feel like I can fail in front of her eyes and not ever, ever, ever feel like I'm unintelligent or feel like I'm not worthy or that I'm not enough. And that's something that I hope that she feel, well, they feel as well. Because to me, as soon as they called me out, and that this is the precipice of our story, is that they, they came to me and they told me that something that I did hurt them. And as soon as that happened, I felt like, holy fuck, that's so not what I meant. And then equally, wow. how the hell do I fucking fix this? Like, wow. I felt like... And imagine we have we weren't actually connected connected mm. at that at that moment, but that was the first time anybody came up to my face in my whole life, apart from you know my blind ignorant um, naivety. But that was the first time consciously someone came up to my face and told me that I did them wrong. And wow. imagine that you know I, I've lived all my life thinking, okay, I, everyone loves me because I'm big Joe, happy, cool guy. Yeah, you know. And what a powerful moment and opportunity created for restoration and reconnection. And that, and is that where the safety has come from? It's like I'm safe to be me because yeah, I know I'm safe to fail. I'm safe to fail because I know you catch me and you look for the restoration and the reconnection. Because mm. it's not you did this, see you later. It's how can we move through this together to strengthen our friendship. <sighs> Oh my goodness, that is such a set of powerful questions. Mm. And I didn't even feel called out. I just felt like that was an invitation for a conversation. Wow. Like, and that's, to me, I was like, oh, I am so sorry. Like, I actually didn't even, I think that was the first time um, I ever learned the lesson without knowing the terminology. But that's when I first learned the lesson of intention and impact. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the first time I ever learned that seriously and in a way that 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 was so black and white in my face, like, oh, wow, Joe, check, check yourself. Mm. And I feel like conflict is such a, like, challenging concept to navigate, especially young adults. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely have witnessed a lot of you did me wrong by ghosting. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Um, but to give a reference point and a frame of what it actually looks like to say, hey, I really value you. Mm. How can we work through this together mm. and restore the relationship? That's so powerful. And I feel like that's something that I know I can learn a lot from in terms of a process. It's always been like, how do people do that? You know? You just ask. Yeah. It's that throat chakra. <laughs> <laughs> and then because I feel like when you do gift, like surrender to the fact that, you know, okay, let's not talk about who's right or wrong mm. let's not mm. talk about um why we're right or wrong yeah but let's talk about what is movement look like for mm-hmm. both of us in this space holy shit because i feel like that's when i started to realize that this person wasn't here just for the Be good or right. bad times true yeah they're, they're actually here for the longevity of wherever this goes and oh, i feel okay. like when you talk about movement a lot of people just want to take that snapshot of movement and yep. i'm like mm-hmm. movement is continuous and if yeah. we don't know that support is continuous wow oh my gosh this is just landing so well i think also like support is often attributed to negative like to mm. a negative connotation and in our friendship it's also like oh you're doing really well what else can i do to support you 
epic it's not yeah it's, it's not, not just a, like a bad thing or like oh you're like sad today how can i support it's oh you're happy today how can i support it's about showing up yeah. that's really showing up and they have really taught me how to support them when when things aren't okay because to me i feel like i just have a worldview where everything's an experience so mm. because i have that worldview it's kind of like Pick i kind up, of dismiss yeah i dismiss that negative negative experiences happen to other people mm. or i try to i try to mitigate or fix and mm. in my head i'm like um I've, I've heard a lot of pushbacks of being like oh i like i'm feeling this this and this i don't need i don't need um, you to fix anything or i don't need you to move in that space mm. i'm just letting you know and i'm like mm. thank you mm-hmm. like, wow it's also leading what you need i feel like sometimes we can't really articulate or we just like expect our friends and whanau to know what we need and just do it. Mm-hmm. But to be able to lead what you need and say, yo, this is where I'm at. This is the support you can give. No, I'm not looking for you to solve my problem. I'm just letting you <laughs> I know. I just need to come like lay on your bed and have a cuddle and cry for a while because <laughs> that's happened before. <laughs> yeah. And that that's it's also back to your point earlier around like your emotional literacy to be able to say, hey, I am feeling angry, sad, lonely. You know, and to also dive in and go, how can I give myself what I need, which is something you've talked to, but then to also go, actually, I don't need to go this journey alone Mm. and I'm stronger with other people around Mm me. And that's really, that's a bridge that I'm really trying to walk across a bit more. Uh, Like I'm very resourceful and I'm very independent and I feel like, you know, the bridge is calling me to come across and just be like, it's okay to have people just be with you mm-hmm. in the full expression of your human experience. So, okay, so that's one. Mm-hmm. What two other things? <laughs> I think the willingness to be self-reflective too. Powerful, yeah. Because not everyone is. Everyone will just, I th- often people that we... Because Joe and I worked together for a long time. Mm. So we didn't have a choice to walk away because we had to work together in the same team for, what, two years? Um, <laughs> which, rude. No, no, not not you. I'm just thinking. Yeah. Um, so within that environment, we didn't have a choice but to make it work. Mm. And we, a part of our mahi was we had to travel a lot together and essentially live together for a week at a time. Wow. It's in some some instances. Um and so we had to learn real quick mm. how how each other operates and to be able to say, hey, similar to the first one, like, hey, like this is how I'm feeling, this is what I need. Joseph knows not to talk to me until at least eight o'clock in the morning. Oh yes, that's a bit of me. Push I, I feel like we we can push that to ten. Like <laughs> eight between eight and ten it's kind of like I, I it's can a only compromising window. Well, I can only tell that like the emergency nine one ones, the emergency nine one ones between eight and ten. Give me the facts that are gonna impact my day. And yeah. if Otherwise, I start going deep, nah. it, it like imagine me, <laughs> like in the morning, I'm like, oh my god, I've had this massive epiphany reflection <laughs> over overnight, and I'm like this, I'm fully like unwinding, and I re- I learned this real fast. So I looked over and I'm like, what do you think? I haven't had my coffee yet. <laughs> <laughs> my brain's still waking up. But we we revisit that conversation. I'm ready for that at eight pm. <laughs> yes, me too. One am is a good time. Yeah, for the mood. same. Yeah. Oh, not so bad. Like well, ten thirty is like my it. peak. 
Yeah. The question like, that mm-hmm. she that they always ask as well, where the queer and the quiet queers um, go or the quiet gays go? And in yeah. my head, I'm like, yeah, actually, I do. I like. There's an element of me that's so extrovert, but there's also an element that that's like, I need a break. Mm. And then, I really do love games nights. I really do love mm-hmm. just actually sharing Kaya and not doing anything but just mm. being in space. Being, yeah. And so that's the part. Different. Mm. Okay, powerful. So we've got self-reflective. Mm-hmm. What else? What's the third one? I think just like being in community. And similar to just being. Mm-hmm. What does that look like and sound like for you? I think for myself and for us and our friendship, being in community just means coming w- as you are with what you've already got and being able to say, hey, these are my strengths. These are your strengths. How can we work together to create, in this instance, our podcast? It's got to go. It's too good. <laughs> And just being humble enough to be like, hey, like social media, not my for- my forte. Mm. I can do all the technical recording, photo, that kind of shit. Can we just you shout can out just your like podcast too? Like, that on. <laughs> promo, 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 fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. But if you're listening and you haven't heard the amazingness that Kelsey and Malu create, go check out Fuck You. Mm. In the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! You got show notes. A fish. Yeah, you're a so fish. And yeah, also, like, I'll stretch that a little bit and say mm. the fact that we don't have this concept of ownership. Mm. Like, so mm-hmm. to me, I know that I can't fill every cup, every single cup of her of them. Mm. So to me, I'm like. I can't wait to hear the updates that they bring when they have been in different communities mm-hmm. or when they're in, um, they're, they've, they've got learning lessons elsewhere. I'm like, oh, what? Mm. And I'm like, you're enriching my worldview mm. when you allow somebody to go and communi- commune with other people. Powerful. And be enriched by the intelligence around them. Because to me, I'm and like. Come back and share it. Because it's the exciting part, right? Oh, totally. And to, for that to be received, mm. like someone that's curious yeah. and excited to hear mm. and then to see you light up as you mm. share that as well. Like that's that's something really, really special to have that in that friendship, mm. honestly. And not just at a surface level too, like genuine yeah. curiosity, not just, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is what my day looked like. I'm like, oh, so boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> move on. And even move on. Yeah, we know you got the cappuccino for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> we understand each other's energy levels so badly to a point mm. where I'm like, or even if when I'm oversharing, and then I'm like, I can see them kind of drifting, and I'm like, this. Are you overthinking again? Mm, <laughs> or I'm like, likely. And it's either that, or I'm like. Do you need to sleep or <laughs> mm. what? Like, are we a napping mode? But mm. then, if, but I feel like her, <laughs> their napping, their napping um, uh, timeline is always aligned with mine. Because so I'm so like, good. I want to nap too. And just right. like, it happened again today, but like without even thinking, even when we were working together, which we haven't done for over a year and a bit now, maybe even two years now, we still seem to wear the same fucking thing. <laughs> Even today, like, I showed up in my black jeans with my, like, light-coloured T-shirt, my grey T-shirt. Here's my Lucille in the black jeans and the white T-shirt. Okay. 
I wonder where you two connected in previous life. Do you believe mm, in past mm, lives? Mm, mm, yeah, mm. for sure. Do you think this Viking and this like islander definitely got? Yeah, yeah. Got there was something there, right? Eh? Yeah, for sure. I'm keen to hear a little bit more about <laughs> you turning your light on. What does that mean to you, Kelsey? Mm. It means just self awareness and being able to, you know, take responsibility for yourself. And not blame your circumstance for your situation. Oh, there's so much there. Oh my gosh. Okay. There's so many things that I could be like, oh, this happened in my life. This happened, this happened, this happened. That's why now I'm acting in this way. So what but do you do then? You'd be like, yeah, that happened, but what can I learn from it? And what can I take from that? Or what can I say, I don't want to do this because of that experience? Mm. Powerful. Mm. And... And I suppose with that, you've needed a level of self-awareness, mm-hmm. which you've just talked about. So what does cultivating self-awareness look like mm. and sound like for you? What's a practice that someone listening might want to pick up and try on to discover? Mm. Um, education's always been really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was highly encouraged um, <laughs> by my mother. Shout out Anne. Hey, Anne. <laughs> Anne. Um, Love you, mum. Um, my both of my parents, but particularly my mum, always had a huge, um, I don't know if expectations the right word, but like a huge emphasis on education. Of after high school, we either had to get a job or we had to study. There was no choice to do anything else. Wow. Um, and there's there's three of us kids. Um, two of us have studied and. The other one has just worked their way up a company and now they're like bloody killing it. And wow. all so proud of it. Um, but yeah, the other other two of us, we've both studied in, in very different things. Like my brother did engineering and I did the arts. But it didn't really matter what kind of study it was. It was just something. And I valued study in my journey because it, it taught me, particularly in the visual arts, and I always kind of focus my mahi around representation and identity. It gave me the tools to be able to say, this is what my lived experience looks like. But I can use my camera through photography to figure out what other people's lived experience look like. Wow, yeah. Mm. So that's like a critical moment then in terms of education of how you've been able to, I guess, gather a tool for your kids eh, in terms of self-awareness as mm-hmm. a practice as your yeah. camera yeah for sure 100 percent. have there been other moments over your education whether that's in formal education tertiary or maybe through interactions with people maybe it's through alternative education have there been other spaces that you've been able to cultivate that self-awareness there's been so many yeah like, when we were when we were growing up our house was always an open house so my parents always made it known that if any of our friends or any of their friends needed somewhere that they could go to feel safe or to just hang out or wow. to make it cry, you know, like our house was always the place that people went and it was always open. And there was one stage when we had, I think it was like 12 people living in our house. Wow. And like, granted, we had we had a large house, so it didn't feel that confined Mm. like I still had my own room um and my parents always said it was important for us to have our own space and our own privacy particularly as teenagers 
Um, but having that open door policy taught me what compassion looked like wow, for people yeah. when maybe they they were going through a rough time or they you know their environment wasn't supportive. Wow. And do you think through that you've been able to create some self-compassion? Oh, I don't know if I'd go that far. Honestly, I like my light up moments kind of happening now. Ooh. Yes. So like 25 when I turned 25. Ooh. I thought you were 21. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so when I turned 25, um, September 2019, um, it was really, really hard for me because I had that whole like, oh, I haven't achieved this. I haven't done that. I don't, like I'm in this job that I'm not particularly enjoying. I don't have a house, all this kind of stuff. And it was just that not enough mentality but also not having the coolness to just jump out and go do what I want to do. And I've mm. only made that choice in the last couple of weeks. Wow. And kind of like what I said at the start, like this is the first time that I'm actually backing myself and investing into myself. And it is bloody scary yes. and terrifying. And I am so excited. Oh my gosh. So would you say you're feeling alive? I think. Being terrified is making me feel alive. <laughs> but uh, there's also this unusual calmness about it. Mm. Because it's finally moving out of this, this job that has been kind of a security blanket for me for a long time now. Mm. And I was ready to move on from there, I would say, a year and a half ago. But I just didn't. Wow. What gave you the courage to do it now? Like, what's different now than a year and a half ago, you know? Just had enough. Yeah, you're at the end. I'm just, I'm so done. Yeah. And it's not the job. Like, I really enjoy the job. And and most of the people that I work with. Mm. um, But I'm just ready for something new. I'm not feeling challenged anymore. Mm. And that, like, mental and emotional challenge, I really value And that comes with really understanding yourself too. Like if you can't quite put your finger on, what is it that's the dissatisfaction? What is it that is making me feel that I can't show up as my full self or that Mm -hmm. I can't have my light on in that space? Mm -hmm. It's really, it's like that literacy, Not maybe it is emotional literacy, but also understanding your values Mm -hmm. and going, okay, actually, I'm now getting clear that this doesn't align with my values, but I now know that because these are my values. Yeah, for sure. Would you say that you're really clear on what your core values are? Community and connection, for sure, 100%. Powerful. And so now it's about, like, I feel empowered to take action Mm -hmm. in alignment with connection. Yeah. Yeah, powerful. And I think a a lot of the last year and a half I've been doing what was easy rather than what was right for me. Because it's easy to stay in a, in full time mahi, right? And like, oh. like, a, yeah, it's just I was getting a consistent paycheck mm. that covered all my bills. I was, you know, I had security like of a home, of food, of you know, medical expenses for my very very unique dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I could cover everything that I needed to, and I was like, well, what's the point in trying to do more? 
Mm. But now I just, it's too easy. It's not challenging enough and I'm ready to move on. And sometimes I feel like there's a bit of pressure on like, oh, you know, I need to take action now. Mm. Like I'm aware of it now, so I need to take action of it now. But sometimes we just got to honour a process and not force things, you know. Like sometimes I think we can feel a lot of guilt and shame and like judgment of a situation because we haven't moved as fast as this person over here who Mm -hmm. did it in this time frame. Or we feel the guilt and shame of sitting with like, I know that this is wrong, but I'm not ready yet to shift. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's really amazing to see that you've actually just honored your journey and that you then found the perfect time to jump and go all in. And I think I'm really curious to just understand a little bit more. Like it must have taken so much self-belief. And maybe that was something that needed to be cultivated in that time Mm -hmm. to really back yourself enough to leave the space for you to grow your dreams alongside some stability in a role. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's true? Yeah, for sure. I think if I had have left when I was first ready to, it would have just damaged me. Mm. Yeah, I just don't think that it would have been a good idea at that time. Whereas now... Even though my values in a, in a job have changed slightly, like I've always looked for three things when I look for my, he was the ability to travel, autonomy and flexibility so that I can still do my side hustle, you know. Mm-hmm. And now post-COVID, it's financial security, but by leaving a full-time job to a part-time role, I'm having to choose that that's probably not going to come at the same level that I've currently got it. Mm-hmm. And is the question then, what am I willing to give up in pursuit mm-hmm. of my dream? You know, what am I willing to leave behind in order yeah. to hold my vision over my circumstance? Yeah. You know, what is it meant to cultivate self-belief for you? How have you created that self-belief? I Honestly, I think I'm still figuring it out because I kind of just had like a fuck it moment of if I'm not going to do it now, when am I ever going to do it? Mm. And that part time role that came up was with an organisation that I wholeheartedly believe in and I want to be part of that movement. And so it was offered and I just, I couldn't turn it down. Wow. There's no way that I could have walked away from that and felt like I was making the right decision. So would you say that maybe like there was a conspiring universe here or there was yes. something maybe beyond mm-hmm. working to like offer you along in those final stages of like we're recognizing we've got the courage to go all in on the vision and the dream Mm -hmm. and that there's just going to need to be a little bit nudging Mm -hmm. going on here and there but the universe or god or your higher self or your angels and guides and ancestors or whatever Mm. was there your future self who knows was mm. there to just kind of create some circumstances yeah. for you to go, okay. Yeah, for sure. Mm, powerful. Because I think sometimes we can think like we're in control. Oh, not at all. You know, like, I got this. What's your views on that? It just, it, like, to me, it just makes it so much more, like, I feel like you're operating in naivety if you think that you're in control. Mm. You know what I mean? You're not actually acknowledged. Well, to me, I didn't acknowledge the fact that there was so much intelligence happening around me mm-hmm. 
And I thought that, like, for so long, I thought that intelligence was getting a good grade. Mm. And I think that was a hard, hard knock to my ego and knock to my sense of self because I think um, when I came out of when, so to to talk about my my intellectual journey within the academy, I was always second in primary school to this girl, and and well, when I was in high, uh, when I was in um, Rotuma, and it made me feel dumb because my mum wanted me to be one. And because I didn't achieve one, I always felt like I wasn't good enough because <sighs> I came second. So yeah. the inner child worked its way to, to, to New Zealand. Mm. And because I wasn't the smartest in my class in New Zealand, that just perpetuated that narrative more. And then when I got to high school, I got A's and merits. And that was good for a Pacific Island boy. But that further allowed me to be like, OK, well, excellence is not just not not my thing excellence or intelligence is not my thing and then when I got to Wintech I went from getting an A which is an achieved to A which is an like 90s plus so it was kind of like wait what, what? am I smart yeah and that was one of those moments where like I, I started to rely on a system that supported my intelligence but Outside then I of you mm, but then to understand that intelligence, like to stretch you, the, the definition of intelligence is actually allowing people to grow within their, their own capacity to think and stretch themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm like, when you entertain that people are intelligence off the bat mm. and with like, you know, just throw it to them, give it to them and make them feel comfortable with that. Yes. You literally open so much more doors and people come in with so much juice. I'm like... There's so much better ways to articulate one plus one equals two, you yes. know? There's so many different ways to articulate that. And what I'm seeing in the academy continuously is that we don't allow for that room to happen. It's like, okay, you didn't specifically say one plus one equals two, so it's wrong. Right. And with academy, just mm. for clarification, are we talking about like, what are we talking about? Education providers or? Yeah. So so mm, yeah. I think education is, it's, it's a growing vehicle and yeah. i think because it's a growing vehicle we've got some people some drivers or some engines that just need a little bit more oil or some 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 facilitators to actually understand and remove themselves from the situation um, but i can only witness that because i have been in there and you know mm. i've seen the mm. worst and the best of it mm. i just i think i'm fetishized as someone that's good in the academy at the moment because i'm doing something different not because i'm necessarily doing the best you know, uh, and that's the that's a critique that I always push out there oh. is that I'm being fetishized as someone who's good because I'm doing something different and not because it's necessarily the best, like For the best. Comes. Yeah. So mm. to me, that that to me shows me a picture that we're experimenting still. So we're very much in the shift of transforming what it looks like to be intelligent in the Shit. academy. And this isn't. Yeah, these are institutions that are going <laughs> A very long time, and mm -hmm. we're still in the experimentation, trying to find what works. Phase, yeah, interesting. But yeah, going back to her corridor, um, there was a Fakaro that, um, that really landed for me, especially when um you were shifting in that space, and I was like, oh wow, because mm. you said that you'd rather shift then then not move mm -hmm. so in my head i'm like and you, the way that you, you articulated certain words to it but I, those are your words so i don't want to um share that on behalf of you but no, you can do it the way that so they were like the thought of staying was more scarier than the thought of actually moving into something mm -hmm. something new and something different and in my head i'm like mm. 
the way that you said that was so haunting yeah that i received it in its entirety and i'm like i've never heard you say that in your life and, and articulate it in a way that was like you were crying to yourself out loud in mm. a way of just saying For sure. i will n- i i can't do this anymore I, and just, I didn't feel like i had a choice mm. the, and the day i handed in my resignation i thought i would be sad and I was for a little while, and then I was like, oh my gosh, so exciting. I like get to go do something different, because I've been in this role now for like three years. Mm. And before that, I was in a different role in the same environment. Before that, I was a casual in that environment. Before mm. that, I was a student in that environment. And for the 20 years before that, I've been my mum's child in this environment. Mm. So I've been in this environment for a long time. Mm. And so the decision to move on is ginormous. Yes. But I didn't feel like I had a choice but to. That's so good. That's so good. And some people (laughs) might even say that you listen to your voice, your inner voice. Yep. Some people would actually, you know, well, I would argue that you finally listen to yourself or you Mm. finally listen to your hearts. Because I remember Michael Moore talking about the six ears Mm. that you have. Mm -hmm. And that was just such a beautiful focado. Shout out, Michael. Yeah, Yeah. hard. You're coming on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, same. Um, But yes, I feel like the six ears really is something that I'm like, oh. Mm. Mm. I need to mull on that. I really need to figure out how I listen to my to 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 the different voices that are speaking. Because mm. right now my knee is speaking to me and saying I need to cater to you. Yeah. Mm. But there's so many different ways that we don't listen, you know. And I yeah. think that's something that I really value in your approach to me. Is I feel like I'm always got mm. on ear, even though it's at it's receiving me in different capacities. I've always got on ear. Yeah. Powerful. I think also like another driving factor for change for me was at the end of last year I got really, really ill. Mm. And I was I was out of Mahi from mid November till January. Wow, yeah. I was just so unwell. And then I had a small like reoccurrence a couple of weeks into work and I had some other like physical pain in my body. Not to that extent, but like still it was my body, I think, just telling me, like, you have to, you can't keep doing this anymore. Like, yeah. And within a couple of weeks, I'd handed in my resignation. I haven't been ill since. That's unreal. And so your body's sending you messages. Yeah. Yeah. I think because I was just Where so... Where was it, though? <laughs> it was in my throat. Ah. <laughs> goosebumps. Um, <laughs> and I think I was just so comfortable with that... Um. Oh, what's the word for it? Like, I was complacent. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I don't know. There's nothing else I can say other than I just couldn't do it anymore. I just can't do it anymore. Mm. I'm ready to... Jump. Yeah. And invest into myself. And eventually, you know, I want to have control over my income, over my, you know, schedule, that kind of stuff. And working for someone else, you can't have that. Absolutely. Unless you've got a really flexible employer. <coughs> so, um, other things. I want to bring us to a wrap. Mm. I've got one more question that I'd like you both to answer, mm. which is, what is your one piece of advice for millennials trying to find their authentic selves and 
support themselves to heal on that journey? Let's start with you, Malu. All right, so I'm I'm giving this advice to myself because I feel like if you can relate with me, then this is this advice for you and the collective as well. So for me, it's actually I would I would recommend and I would highly like uplift the fact that your journey is your gift to this world, and the way that society supported you or didn't support you is your way of gifting back to society of saying, hey, this is what we're missing. This is how support didn't stretch far enough to me. Wow. This is how support didn't stretch enough far enough to to allow me to grow. This is how ignorance breeded fear and didn't allow me to to embrace a new way of thinking or, or seeing or approach. So to me, I feel like you already have a repertoire in your library, an experience that gifted you this worldview. And that worldview, if you just lean on it, just, just understand it, try and try and find the words and if the words aren't coming out of your mouth you know write it down if it's not coming out of your hands or your your mind um put it turn it into music capture it give us a picture of what that um, that looks like so to me intelligence is everywhere and intelligence is everything if you're able to think if you're able to feel and have a sensory experience that's intelligence so to me, if, if we stop putting boundaries and restrictions on what intelligence actually is and just start entertaining that what is gifted in the present is intelligent, what is gifted in the now is intelligent, what is gifted in front of you and your own experience is intelligence. So to me, I would really highly just maybe, I guess, as a, as a, as a vehicle to there, maybe start reflecting you know, on your own experiences and how you either got supported or didn't get supported in various different spaces and places. But for me, you already have the answers that could help society and could help everyone else around you. Because if you started to allow yourself to, you know, I guess alchemize your own your own hurts or your own wins and achievements and triumphs, you could actually really be showing us all that, you know, you're, you're, you're the case study that we that scientists actually want you know you're the case study that people actually need and it's 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 when we start to stretch what storytelling is you're telling a story of humanity you know and humanity as a species wow, we okay. only like to support the majority and i feel like that's where we could really start to embrace a different worldview as we start to look at all of these ways of looking at at what it is mm. for the human experience wow that's really beautiful that's I've, the first time i ever said that so I've thank never, you yeah that's so <laughs> powerful like i've never heard an articulation of words like that like created together in a way that landed you know like that's so deeply profound and i could really see where yeah sometimes i'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily, I'm alchemizing the pain and the suffering, but I'm not always looking like, what have I overcome? Like, what have been the wins? Like, where can I actually mm. open source the mm. secret source of the highs and the lows mm. and be a stand for what I have overcome and be a stand for what I have achieved? And I suppose in an Aotearoa context with tall poppy syndrome, I definitely feel like, Ooh, don't shine too bright. But I'm like, you know what? I'm showing up in my yellow matchy matchy outfit. Which is amazing, amazing. by the way. <laughs> and glows in the sun. 
And I'm just like, you know what? If the, there's someone I really, really admire, Angel Phoenix, she's a- Angela Gallo on Instagram, and she says, if you're not turning anybody off, you're not turning anybody on. And I'm just like, oh, connecting up the dots with like what you've just shared. And yeah, it's really powerful. So thank you. And I hope that lands if you're listening. If it's meant to, it will. Mm. Maybe it will later. What about for you, Kelsey? Um, I think just like don't be precious about your knowledge. Ooh, yes. Like we're gifted everything either from like ancestral gifts, like from what you're born with or from what you achieve and receive. Mm. through like in my case education or in conversation or you know in all these different spaces and places where you get to connect with people yes you come with your kitty and they come with yours but if we share that then it becomes everyone's mm. wow I feel like that is like a message for our generation like, there's mm. so much scarcity mindset mm-hmm. even older generations just like peeps in general hey Jen yeah. let's go back to the human race <laughs> I think like, also like on an organisational um, level as well, people are, um, are afraid of open sourcing information because it, they think that people are just going to like take it and run without crediting. Mm. Yeah. And attribution matters. Like. Totally. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes people won't and don't, but all the times that they do and it creates more abundance, mm. like how can we hold on to that? Mm. Because, like, somebody, like, in regards to podcasting, somebody took the time to teach me and Joe how to do this. And we, we, we uplift his mana so well because he literally creates a space where we feel safe to, to wow. be as well. Wow. And then, in order, and then, like, jumping on from that, like, we've then brought in now 20 people to come in and have conversations that we've then put out into the world. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... And the ripple of that is that yeah. one of them has now started their own <laughs> podcast <laughs> with the support from you both. So, yeah. But like what, that hour, two hours that he spent with us? Wow. To show and us just how to, how to mm. use this stuff. Like so much impact into the world. And I don't even know if, he, if he's aware of it. Mm, powerful. That's the beauty of it, right? Is that you just don't know where it's going to go. And you don't need to know always. Mm. I feel like this is a big lesson. It's like you don't always need to know the impact of your intentions and Mm. the impact of what you know is your truth and honoring how you're going to be of service with your communities. Yeah. And that's a big thing to let go of sometimes Mm because it's like, oh, you know, is it working? It's like, hang on. You plant the seed in good soil. You water it and you let it grow. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap up? No. I'd say for like, I guess to, to go off the podcast analogy, um, anything that's like attention point in your life or anything that's attention um, that you feel uncomfortable with, I would just advise that, you know, going off our podcast in terms of the far cue and leaning into the uncomfortable it's an invitation for a conversation. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if for you've sure. got a, like, if you're feeling uncomfortable in that space, yes. your body and your mind is already telling you, it, you need to have a conversation. Powerful. And if that conversation you can't have with yourself, do reach out to the people around you. There's a community of intelligence of, around you. And mm-hmm. I think that's the part that we don't really uplift is that, you know, 
however big or small and if you don't feel like your community can 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 receive you the way that you want to be received i feel like there's communities out there mm. you know there's communities that are outside of your own capacity to to operate and to feel safe and it's just i really just encourage people to really reach out of their own communities because i think for me my learning my biggest learning curves is when i reached out of christianity Ooh, yeah. When I and that I was raised in Catholicism for twenty years, so to me it was it was a tough it was a tough shift. But you know, I started to realize that you know Jesus's work was out there, mm. and you know, and, and depending on how you want to look at it and for what fakaru um, you have around it. But I'm like, there's so many different ways. If if we've got purpose, purpose is not defined by one man or one mind, or you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Let's not go there, but um, <laughs> purpose for another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, purpose is subjective, mm. and that's a, that's the beauty of, of of purpose is that it's subjective. Only you know what your purpose is, and if you don't know, listen, listen to your six years, mm. listen to the people around you, and please entertain that you're an observer and you're a researcher when you're born. You experience and sensory oh. experience this world. There's just so much juice. So good. So good. Thank, Thank you, you both so much. We did it. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to our special guest. This is your chance to take a moment for yourself and really reflect on what's landed for you over this episode. Yep, right now. Pull over in the car, stop working, take a minute and write it down and turn that into one actionable goal so that you can integrate and apply what's come to light in this episode into your life. If you're picking up what we're putting down, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button to be the first to hear when the next squeeze of Audible Juice is live in a new app. If you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please slide into my DMs on Instagram. See you next time. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.